Cantaloupe stewardship. What's inside a cantaloupe? There you go. Here we go. So this is the idea. Cut this cantaloupe open, and inside there, I do have cantaloupe, but I got a ton of seeds. And let's just say I, I really, really, really love cantaloupes. And I live on a deserted island, and I only have one cantaloupe. If I want to have a cantaloupe in the future, what do I have to do? I got to take those seeds, and I've got to plant them so in the future I will have more cantaloupe. If I eat the whole cantaloupe, including the seeds in the cantaloupe, I'm never going to have another cantaloupe because I don't have any, anything to grow a cantaloupe. And so the idea behind this is we've been talking about different areas of our life where we need to sow seeds. We, we talked about our gifts. Where are we sowing our gifts and our talents? We talked about our relationships. What, what kind of seeds are we sowing into those that God's entrusted to us in the workplace, in our family, and those around us? We talked about our relationship with God. Are we sowing good seed into that? Or is it just kind of an obscure idea? I'm a Christian, I know God, and I'm going to go on about my day, and I'm not really going to sow any seeds into that. And then we talked about three things that are very, very, very important to all of us. Time. How am I using my time? Money. Am I, am I sowing seeds into good soil? And then it, time, money, and then we talked about eternity. I don't know if there's three more important things in our everyday life that you, have to, you think about. Time, money, eternity. And then last week I told you I was writing a message on being a good steward of God's love. And I'm in 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm walking through this, this passage, and all of a sudden I realize, there's too much stuff here. So I call my wife, and I'm like, baby, I can't get this down. Like, there's too much to preach on one Sunday. And she's, of course, like, amen, i got to listen to it three times, so the shorter the better for me. She, she says, why don't you just talk about God's love for two weeks in a row? And I'm like, you think people really want to hear about God's love for two weeks in a row? She's like, bye. <laughs> You're hopeless. I can't help you at all at this point. And so, so anyway, we worked through the first part of that 1 Corinthians 13 and, and today. So, but here, here are the two, two scriptures we use to birth this series. And today, again, is the last day that we'll be talking about stewardship. Romans 14, 12. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. If that doesn't make you squirm a little bit, then you're perfect. Because that, that is a massively, unbelievably scary, wonderful, amazing thought. Right? Think about it. So then each of us will give an account. Of so that means that if I'm a Christian, I'm going to stand before God one day, and I'm going to give an account for what he entrusted to me. I'm going to give an account for how I raised my kids. I'm going to give an account for how I treated my body. I'm going to give, give an account for how I spent my money. I'm going to give an account for how I spent my time. I'm going to give an account for how I loved people. I'm going to give an account for how I was a conduit of God's love to those around me. And then this next verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And you know, we've heard that, that, that scripture preached for years about how that, that's about money. And it is about money because money is important. It's about so much more than that. It's about your life. Remember we talked about th this idea that, that God's gift to me is my life. What I do with my life is my gift back to God. 
God's gift to me is, is how he made me and how I use who he made me to be to serve him and advance his kingdom and to love people. And that, that's my gift back to God. Every one of us in this room right now are good at something. What are you doing with that? We're going to give an account for that. And where are you sowing those seeds? Most importantly, we're talking about today, where are you sowing seeds of God's love? So I'm a steward of God's love. Let's define stewardship. Stewardship defined. The position and duties of a steward, a person who acts as the surrogate of another or others, especially by managing property, financial affairs, and an estate, etc. But this, this is the one that really gets me in reference to thinking about giving an account of my life to God. This one right here. The responsible overseeing and protection of something considered worth caring for and preserving. Wow. And I would submit to you today that the world, that God's love is worth preserving. It's worth caring for. And it's super important that we realize as, as Christians and as the body of Christ and as the church, if we're not loving the world with the love of God, who else is going to love them? If we're not being a good steward of God's love in our own life, then what, what, are, we, what are we actually doing? So 1 Corinthians 13, let's get into this. 13, 1 through 7. If I speak in the tongues of men or in the angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, if you weren't here last week, the video has gone viral. I have people call me from Memphis going, hey, where can we get that video? I'm like, I'm, it's online. Just Google. Anyway, Randy and I had a Valentine's date on stage, and Anthony felt the need to come up behind us. And really, he was, I, I love Anthony so much because he puts his heart into everything he does. So Anthony was just supposed to stand behind us, and every time I was going to tell Raina how much I loved her, he was just supposed to hit the symbol. But he couldn't stop there. Bam! <laughs> Look the video up. It was awesome. It's pretty cool. But anyway, the Bible's teaching us that that's what the world hears from the church if you don't have love for the world. And again, we're not talking about lowering our standards. Our standards are found in this Bible. We're not going to argue that. It's perfect, front to back, back to front, up to down. It's perfect. However, without love, nobody that doesn't know Jesus is going to hear anything we have to say about God. Clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And here's where we're going to focus today. Verse 7. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would just uh, speak your word to us today, to every heart, the way that we need to hear it, that you would remove me, I would get out of the way, and you would get in our way. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, love protects. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, we just read it. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. It always protects. That's what love is. God is love, right? That's what the Bible says. God is love. Love protects. 
So think about in Psalms 32, it talks about God's protection over our life. Psalms 32, 7 says, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. You are my hiding place. How many of you over the past couple weeks needed to hide? Man, I need to get a new church. I'm not communicating with you guys very well. I guess I, I wrote the wrong message today. I need to hide daily sometimes. I need to, especially there's times in my week where I need to I press away. And, and here's the idea. You are my hiding place. And David is saying, God, I don't really know where I can go outside of you. And he's saying, so, so here's the deal. We all have the need to hide. But we choose to hide in places sometimes that are bad for us. We choose to have behavior patterns in our life that help us escape. And then as we escape, it's sooner or later we have to come back to reality. And then we realize, I don't feel any better than I did before, and the problem's still there. You know what I'm talking about? Instead of saying, God, you're my hiding place. I'm going to hide myself in you. Last week we talked about the cleft of the rock, hiding ourselves in that cleft, hiding ourselves. Whatever's going on in your life today, whatever you're walking through, whatever you're going through, whatever struggle you're having in your mind, whatever it is, I want you to know, Jesus Christ died for you so that you could be at peace with God, so that you could run to God and God can protect you. Amen. Think about it this way. Maybe you were raised in, in such a, a way that you feel like God's mad at you or you can't come to God because you're not good enough or, you know, you know, Jason, you don't know what I've done. And I'll just tell you, you don't know what I've done. So we're in the same boat, right? So, so the idea is, man, God, God is love. Love protects. And if you're here today and you, you feel like you need to hide, hide in God. Hide in God. You, you think about it, and you look at it this way, 2 Timothy 4, I believe it's 18, yeah. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. God, the creator of the universe, God is love, love protects. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into... I love this scripture, especially in my line of work, because I get asked all the time, why did this happen to that person? They were such a good person. Why would God allow this? Why, why? And, and you know, I've been doing this so long now that I, I'm very comfortable saying I don't know. We, I don't know. I don't know why bad things happen to good people, and I don't know why good things happen to bad people. I, I don't know. But this is what I do know, and this is what I love about 2 Timothy right here. He's talking about the here and now. God's going to rescue me, and he's going to bring me into an eternity of his heavenly kingdom. So not only is he going to watch over me while I sojourn this earth, he's also taking me and bringing me into a place of eternity with him. And so it's a constant movement of God's protection in my life. And however that takes shape, that's up to God. And one day all the, all the dots will connect and we'll understand why certain things happen to certain people. But at this point today, what we do know is that God says, I'm going to watch over you, and I'm going to bring you into my heavenly kingdom. And that's beautiful. Love protects. How many of you, uh, how many of you have kids? Grandkids? 
How many of you plan on having kids? How many plan on having more kids? Oh, that's good. That's awesome. I saw a couple people like poking each other. Proverbs, Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Above all, guard your heart. Because every action, every word, everything you do flows from it. Now, I ask you about kids because I, I just want to talk to you for a second, especially some of you young parents in here that have young kids. I, I want to talk to you just for a second. If God is love and love protects, do you love your children? How involved are you in their life? When, when's the last time you, you, you were watching a movie in the den and you said, you know what? This is going south. We've got to turn this off. And then when's the last time? I mean, five-year-olds have iPhones now. Every teenager hated me after this message today, so I'm just going to, so you, you guys, suck it up, <laughs> suck it up. Oh, I'm preaching at you, not them. <laughs> when's the last time you picked up their phone and looked at it and, and, and saw on, on there, like, what they're listening to, what they're looking at, what they're doing? Because if we're, if we're charged with guarding the heart, if we're charged with protecting, then that's, that's a very genuine way that we can do that. Both my kids are grown now. One of them's here right now. The other one's in Orlando or somewhere. And, and so, but they would both tell you. And they hated this. They hated this with all their heart. They would get so mad. But I would like, we ain't watching that. Or we're not listening to that. We're not doing that. You know, da, 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 da. But I guarantee you, if you ask either one of them today, they respect us for that. See, because when we're in a cool place now, because now we get to be friends with our kids because they're grown. Like, we just get to talk and hang out, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun. But if you're still raising kids, your calling is not to be their best friend. Your calling is to protect them and guard their heart. If you're trying, that's good for a youth pastor, yeah. I'm, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> we, if God is love, love protects and so if you piss your kid off every once in a while because you tell them to turn something off, so be it. Because in, yeah, in the future, they're going to be way better off for it. If they stomp to their room and slam the door, let them slam the door. It's fine. They'll get hungry at some point and come out. <laughs> I promise you, they will get hungry. <laughs> so... So here's the idea. Love protects. Number two, love trusts. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. It always protects, always trusts. That trust is a dirty word, isn't it? For a lot of us, because a lot of us have been done wrong so many times that we've forgotten how to trust. But God loved us so much, he trusts us. Think about this in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Trust is a two-way street. Trust is, is freely given, easily taken, easily given away. Trust with, with God is a two-way street. Trust with individuals, man. Like any of you who've been married any amount of time knows, trust is paramount in your relationships in a marriage. You've got to be able to trust one another. It's it's paramount in parenting. You got to be able to you got to be able to trust 
in any important relationship, trust is a two-way street. But if you go back, love always trusts. In other words, God's love always trusts in us to receive that love. You look at this next passage, you might, you're going to say, Jason, what in the world does this have to do with trust? Well, just watch. Hang with me. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are Christ's ambassadors. In other words, we are the representation of Christ on this earth if we call ourselves Christians. You're the only Jesus that someone may see tomorrow. You're the only Bible that someone may read tomorrow. We're Christ's ambassadors. So if you have, you have these seeds of trust and you've tried to trust and you've been hurt, when, we're, when we trust and we're hurt, we get bitter and we don't want to trust again. But God is love. Love always trusts. Maybe you're here today and you have trust issues. We all have trust issues. Face it. I mean, if you, Rainer and I have been doing this 15, 16, 17, I don't know how many years, but long time. Long time. <laughs> long time. Um, yeah. And I can't. I could tell you horror stories. I can tell you way more good stories. But there, there are times where people can hurt you in a way, and you're like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up here. And these seeds of God's love, I, I, if God is love and love is trust, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to eat the whole cantaloupe. I'm not going to take that seed of trust and trust again. I'm not going to plant that seed of trust in somebody and actually believe that that seed's going to grow into something meaningful as good relationship. We all, we all have trust issues, and the idea behind that is, look, God reconciled us through what Jesus Christ did for us. He trusted us enough to give us the free choice of whether or not we would want to be rec- reconciled back to him and then Paul goes on to say, look, check this out. We're, we're ambassadors of Christ. And so if we're, not, if we're not showing reconciliation through love and sowing those seeds, who else is going to do it? I love this. I love the idea that says we implore you. I, there's no, I mean, that's pretty strong language. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. In other words, we, imp- we, we dare you. We pray for you. We're going to love you. On whose behalf? Christ's behalf, because what Jesus Christ did for us. So, if you have some people in your life that maybe you're having a hard time trusting, that doesn't mean we're people's doormats. It doesn't mean that we open ourselves up to more hurt, more hurt. But at some point, we have to show trust and extend trust so that people can see God's love, because God is love, and love always trusts. Good? Number three, I'm a steward of God's love. Love hopes. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, it always protects, always trusts, and always hopes. Hope is an interesting thing, isn't it? Hope, hope is the oxygen of the human soul. When I'm looking forward to something and I'm hoping towards a day, I'm invigorated. You know, I mean, you got small kids and um, Christmas time, and they're looking forward to Christmas or the birthday or whatever, and in my house, and some of you have different philosophies on Santa Claus. In my house, if you don't believe, you don't get anything. <laughs> Santa Claus is dead. He was, he's real. I can remember growing up and hoping in that. Can I tell you, 
God is love. Love always hopes. God's hoping for you today. Jeremiah 29, 11 says like this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in a future. God's got hope for you today. God's got hope for you right where you're at today. No matter what you're going through, no matter how bad things look, God's hoping for you. Let's look at this next passage right here. Romans 5 is a life passage for Raina and I. I preach on this once a year, usually an entire sermon, but I, I want to share this just real quick. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. us. One, one version says, and hope does not disappoint. And so verse, and hope does not put us to shame. In other words, hope doesn't disappoint. If you just keep, don't lose hope. If you're hoping for a child right now, keep hoping. If you're hoping for a marriage, keep hoping. If you're hoping for a financial breakthrough, keep hoping. Now you got to work and you got to pray, but don't lose hope. A person that loses hope is a very, very sad person. God is love. Love hopes. God is hoping for you today. Keep on hoping. Don't lose hope. I want you to hear that. I want, I want the Lord to encourage you today. Whatever... Whatever mountain you're up against, whatever mountain you have to climb, whatever task, whatever storm you're going through today, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Because here's the idea. If I have a glimmer of hope in my life, if I have a little bit of hope, if I have a, just a minute a bit of hope, if hope crosses my mind one time tomorrow in that area of my life, I still got hope. One time. I'm a huge Memphis Tigers fan, and I, I have, the only hope I have is that they win their conference now. <laughs> Most of you don't get that, but there's several people here from Memphis today. So, um, it, but there's still hope, right? There's still hope they'll make the big dance. There's still, and I'm being silly about that, but the idea, Raina's like, no, there's not. They suck so bad this year. <laughs> Terrible. Um, but the idea behind that is there's still any area of your life, any area of your life that you're struggling in today, even if it looks terrible and it looks like there is no hope, there is hope because God is love and love hopes. Keep on hoping. Look, look, look at this next scripture right here, Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. If you can't hope in anything else today, hope in the Lord. And hope in your destiny because God formed you in your mother's womb and he knew you before he did that and so he has written all of your days in his book you have your own novel and god wrote it and so he what, what, what the bible's saying right here is look be confident don't second guess don't think it may happen don't think well i guess god just left me out on that bible verse and i guess he really didn't mean me be confident in other words be be bold in knowing that whatever, whatever good work that God started in you, maybe you hadn't been in church in years, maybe you're just coming back to the Lord, maybe whatever good work God started in you, he's going to complete it until the day that you look Jesus Christ in the face. We're all a work in progress, but the Bible is promising us right here that it's going to happen one way or the other. God's going to keep working in our life, so don't lose hope. 
Don't do it. It's a sad, it's a sad, it's a sad existence to, to be in a place where, where you wake up and you're not hoping for anything. It's a sad place to live where, you know, I, I give up, God. I just, you're, you don't even know where I'm at. You don't know my zip code. You don't even know my name. So whatever, I'm just going to, I'm going to check out on life. I will say, no, 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 no. God is love, love hopes. God's hoping in you. And then take that to another place of if there are people in your life that you've been tempted to give up hope on. If you've been tempted to give up hope on someone in your life, hope again. Hope again. Hope. Pray. Work. But do not lose hope. Last thing. Love perseveres. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says this, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When I think about persevering in certain areas of my life, you can't persevere without hope. So you gotta, you got to have that hope element in there. But, but many of us, because we're human, and we live in a real world. Many of us live, live in, a, in a, a capsule of our own capability to overcome certain things. And so if we hit the threshold of, you know what, I've tried this before and there's no way I, I've known, there's no way I can figure my way out of this thing, then we just shut down and we say, you know what, there, there's no way I can overcome this addiction. There's no way I can overcome this area of my life because I've tried before. But this other area, these other areas I'm good in, but we put a ceiling on what we can persevere through. We put a ceiling on that. And I'm, I'm here to tell you today, spiritually, there is no ceiling. Spiritually, see, because Jesus Christ, he's already won the victory. Everything that we battle, everything that we fight, every spiritual battle that we fight, there is a way out of that. There's a way out of addiction. There's a way out of, of, of anything that you're struggling with today. And there's a way out because Jesus Christ already won the victory. The fight's already been fought. Stop fighting. Start praying. Trust God. Follow Jesus. It's already done. He's already won the victory. God is love. Love perseveres. Jesus Christ persevered for us. He absolutely gave his all for us so that we could be returned to peace with God. We read it in Romans 5.1. Now watch this. Let's read this next scripture and then we'll pray. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captive and gave gifts to his people. So you're like, Jason, what are you talking about? Talking about perseverance. One version says, this is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took captivity captive. So in that day, when a king would go off to war, king would go off to war and they would conquer another city what, what they would do is, is whoever, whoever was left alive they would bring the spoil and then they would bring the, the people that they had conquered and then they would put them all in a, a train not a real train but a train and the Bible uses the word train it's like a line because right? they didn't have trains then I don't know if you guys know that okay And so they would come into the gates of the city. And the king 
would be leading the procession. And celebration would break out. And there would be horns playing. And there would be people throwing stuff. And just an amazing celebration because the king had conquered. So you got to realize the context. The people that Paul's talking to. Paul's writing this to the people in Ephesus. And he's saying, he's using language that they can understand. Look, the king conquered. And he led captivity in captive. And led them as a victory march as he ascended to heaven. And so people are hearing this for the first time and reading this and going, oh, wow, the king won. The king won. And, and, they, and they have a pictorial in their mind of, oh, wow, I've seen our king come back. Take King David, for instance. King David would go off to war. And when he would come back, when, when they conquered someone, they would do this. They, and they would lead the captives in a line. And they would come back through the door, the city gates, and there would just be an amazing party that broke loose. Because the king's alive. The king's back. Our, our soldiers are back. It actually, they won. They conquered. And that's the language that Paul's using right here to explain to us today, to the church of Ephesus, and to explain to us today that Jesus Christ won. He did it all. He took our death and sin on the cross. And as he ascended to heaven, he led sin captive to, to, to you, you are not a captive to sin anymore. I don't know how better else I could tell you that. You can choose to be a captive to sin. That's a choice. But Jesus Christ has already made a way out of captivity. Wow. Think about that. He won the victory. This Christianity thing, man, some of you, some of you just kind of sliding through church and saying, yeah, that's a pretty cool church. I like going there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. This ain't about church. This is about eternity. This is about, this is about serving a Savior that, that did it all, that won the victory. Wow. Taking death and the grave and sin captive. Wow. So maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Jason, I've never taken advantage of that. And I'm not feeling much love in my life right now. I don't know what else. God, God did everything he could to show us how much he loved us. And that was the fact that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Romans 5.1, it said it. We've been justified in the sight of God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that, that tells me that if I don't if I'm not at peace with God, there's only one reason for that. That's because I haven't accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Now, I can be at odds with God in the sense of I know I'm not living right, and He's working on me, and I need to shore up some things in my life. But eternal peace with God comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's awesome. It's awesome to grow in God. It's awesome to read your Bible. It's not boring. Man, there's, there's all kinds of stuff in here. I mean, you got people killing each other. You got desperate housewives are in here. Read about Joseph, remember? Oh, yeah. You got all kinds of crazy, it's an awesome book. What, a, what, an amazing, what an amazing way to live as a Christ follower. So glad that we're showing the young people of our generation that, that it can be a cool thing to follow Jesus. And, and for our generation, they want to do something hard. And there, it's hard if you're a teenager today to walk with God. 
and tell people about it. But I'm so glad so many people are doing it. If you're here today and you say, Jason, I'm there. I've never put my faith in Jesus. I'm far away from God right now. I'm not at peace with God. And I want to do that today. What a great day to do that. What a great day to start your journey. What a great day to say, oh my goodness, I'm going to go to bed tonight at peace with God. Just like so many people did in the first few services today. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to be at peace with God. Is things going to be perfect? No. Is there going to be more money in my bank account? Not unless you get paid on Sunday. No. But I'm telling you, there's a peace that will come across your life. And you're talking about an amazing, magnificent, brilliant way to live as a Christ follower. God is love. He loved it so much he sent his only son to die for us. And Jesus persevered. Love. God is love. Love perseveres. Always. Not some of the time. Always. Will you bow your head all over this place, please? If that's you and you're here today, you say, Jason, you know what? I need to know Jesus. I'm not at peace with God, and I need God to do something neat in my life. And I know today is the day to start that journey. If that's you, will you just slip your hand up long enough for me to see it and put it right back down? I see your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? I, I see your hand, bro. That's awesome. I, I need to be at peace with God. I need Jesus Christ in my life. I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. Anyone else? I see. That's awesome. That is awesome. I see your hand. Thank you. What a great, great day. Starting your journey. Walking the rest of your life with God. Knowing that he's never going to leave you or forsake you. Anyone else in this room today say, you know what, I need, I need Jesus in my life. I need peace with God. If you raised your hand right there where you're sitting, I mean right there where you're sitting, pray this prayer with me. Nothing magical about this prayer. Just by, by virtue of you admitting the fact that you need peace with God, God's already working in your heart right now, already. But I, I want to pray this prayer with you as, as you confess in your heart Jesus Christ as Savior. Pray with me, Father. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me. And right now, at this very moment, God, I'm realizing I've not been at peace with you. And so I'm confessing in my heart, I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. I believe that Jesus Christ took my death and sin to the cross, that Jesus Christ was placed in the grave. He rose from that grave on the third day, and I believe that he's in heaven and he's coming back for me one day. And so right now, God, I'm, I'm putting my faith in Jesus as the Messiah. Help me, Father, on this new journey. Help me, Father, to, to grow in you. Put people around me that can help me. Most of all, Lord, thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy that's flooding my soul right now. In Jesus' name, amen.